Welcome to the Great Lakes Horror Company, brought to you by members of the Horror Writers Association Ontario chapter, right up north, where we discuss the business of horror with a focus on the written word. This is Andrew Robertson, co-host and producer of the GLHC, also an HWA Ontario member. And for uh, for the last few podcasts, we've been looking at the upcoming StokerCon 2016 convention. Uh the inaugural convention happened this year uh, in beautiful Las Vegas at the Flamingo Hotel. And today, our special guest is Michael Nost, who, uh, who's a Bram Stoker award-winning editor and author of science fiction, fantasy, horror, and supernatural thrillers. Welcome to the show, Michael. Well, thank you. Uh, Michael, this is the part where I tell people some great things about you. So here we go. Michael's written in various genres, and he's helmed a lot of anthologies. Um, his Writer's Workshop of Horror anthology won the 2009 Bram Stoker Award for Superior Achievement in Nonfiction. And it was also the winner of the 2009 Black Quill Award for Best Dark Genre Book of Nonfiction Editor's Choice. Uh, his critically acclaimed Writer's Workshop of Science Fiction and Fantasy is an Amazon number one bestseller. And his novel, Return of the Mothman, was a 2014 Bram Stoker Award nominee for Superior Achievement in a First Novel. And this year, uh, he has been honored with the Silver Hammer Award. So congratulations on that, Michael. We're very excited to have you on the show. Well, thank you very much. It's, uh, it's truly an honor. So my first question for you, uh, because the, the topic of today's show is mentorship. The Silver Hammer Award is... Uh, is very specific in in what it's given for. Actually, let's let's talk about the award first. Tell us about the award and how you felt when uh, when you found out that you'd received it. Well, the the Silver Hammer Award is given for, um, uh, and it's not given every year. It's given when the board of trustees of the Horror Writers Association feel that. Um, um, it is deserving, I guess you could say. And, um, so it, it was, uh, it was given me, it is being given, I guess you could say, um, because of the work that I've done as the mentorship chair for the organization. And, um, so I was, uh, I was actually not expecting anything like that. And, um, I was on the road driving when I got um, an email from um, the board uh, letting me know that um, I was going to be receiving the award and uh, they needed some information from me and so forth. And it was about a month or two before the announcement was even made. And so I was tortured for two months uh, trying to keep it quiet that I, award, <laughs> that I was getting the award. <laughs> But it, it it was truly an honor, and uh, uh, it's amazing uh, when when you hear something like that, and and you think uh, you know, it's almost crazy that you get an award for helping you know others. Uh, it's kind of it, it's 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 an honor. Don't get me wrong, but it's just I, I don't know. It's it's kind of weird, you know, that uh, you're doing something to help others, and you get an award for it. So it's, it's like, you know, uh, a double chocolate, chocolate chip cookie, you know, <laughs> or a double fudge or whatever, you know, it's just icing on the cake. Absolutely. But in, 
in looking at your body of work, your your career as a writer has really been characterized by what you can do to help other people succeed. I mean, the Writer's Workshop anthologies um, act as sort of a Bible of advice for writers to to learn from more established writers. You've got some videos online where you walk people through processes. You've got a mentorship program. There's It, it seems like a lot of what you've done is to to celebrate the achievements of other people while while bringing other people up through the ranks, which I also find, um, and we've talked about this on the show before, uh, that the horror and dark fantasy science fiction community is more about helping build each other up than uh, than a competition. Would you say that that's something accurate? Is that something that you've seen, or is that is that a culture that you're trying to engender through the work that you're doing? No, I I. I... I agree 100%. I could not agree more. And I've worked in other genres um, beforehand. And and I've worked in the music industry for years as well. And I have never in my life seen uh, an in, uh, an industry or, uh, you know, working in a specific genre that everyone is trying to help. Everyone wants to build everyone else up, and it's not so much of a, a competition as it is a true family, you know, a true um, group of people who, uh, and, 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 you know, some of the, the finest people that I've ever met as well. And, and so often people think of horror writers and uh, people who work in the horror industry as scary people and um you know, that, uh, you know, Satan worshipers and, and, and stuff like that. And, well, some of them. Uh, but, yeah, well, you know, not that there's anything wrong with that. Like, <laughs> but the thing is, is uh, what I have found is uh, probably some of the, the finest humans that you'll ever meet. And uh, on top of that, you know, great family people, um, who are as interested in my, I have a seven-year-old daughter who's going to be turning eight in August and uh, who are as interested in her as they are in, in myself or, or whatever. And uh, it, it, it truly does become sort of a family and every, everyone is really working to help each other. And I'll say this, we have a, 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 a great magazine in our industry in uh, the horror industry called Cemetery Dance. And um, uh, and when I first was uh, getting my start, and I had, uh, I think I had probably one anthology that I had put together, and I wanted to do uh, a magazine, and it was called Noctum Eternus. And I had one issue that came out, and Ramsey Campbell was in it, and um, Sherry Priest, and there was a number of people that I had uh, uh, in there, and um, Charles Coleman, Finlay, and some great writers, and I really didn't know what I was doing, and I talked to the people from Cemetery Dance, and happened to be friends, and I kind of worried about asking them for advice, because, you know, honestly, anywhere else I would have been considered a, a uh, competition. And I didn't see that from them. They bent over backwards and they gave me everything that I asked. You know, they answered all my questions and, and they even went beyond the call of duty by 
giving me uh, so much other things that I didn't even ask for, but because they wanted me to succeed. They wanted it to work. And um, that meant a lot to me. That really meant a lot, especially in the industry, to see that um, it's not a money-hungry uh, industry, you know, for the most part. Um, but um, there is, we, we, we do a whole lot because of the love of the, the art, and we, we do it a lot for the love of the industry and the genre. And uh, and I think that's where so many of uh, the people in the industry today. Uh, that's why you know we you know we see so much success is because there's a good uh, good bond of of people in the in the genre. I completely agree with you. I actually uh, I worked in the music industry as well um, in communications for a, a large label for about a year and a half, and it was just. Who did you have to eat to get on top there? And it's it's so different. I mean, even in the publishing world, I think in mainstream publishing, you might see some of that sort of music industry competition. But when you get down to these genres, the sense of community is absolutely fantastic. So now yeah. I want to shift back in your history many years. Who did you look up to um, either when you were younger, before you started writing, or or as a young writer? Who were some of the people that you looked up to and thought, that seems pretty cool. Now, now are you saying that I, I I wanted to be like, or I I, I wish I could, uh, or that I admired as a writer, or oh, not, something yeah. like that? Yeah, more I, more inspirations or or people that that you enjoyed reading that made you think, you know, that's something that I'd like to do. Um, Theodore Sturgeon was probably the biggest. Uh, one of the biggest that I, that I, uh, and, and he was from the, the golden age of science fiction and, uh, and he, he did a lot of darker, uh, fantasy before, uh, it was even, there was ever, uh, a term called dark fantasy and he did a lot of, uh, horror as well. And, uh, he was always to me one of the, one of the greatest writers and to this day I still feel that way. And so, he was one that I, I I always wished that I could could be more like as far as as writing goes. Um, but I, I can tell you there are, there are a lot of people who who were my heroes that I loved to read and I, and that I really looked up to, and I I I've, I've had so so much. Um, love and admiration for so many people and, and then being so lucky to get to work with a lot of them um, has been wonderful. And the, the, the great thing is as many times whenever you meet your heroes, you meet some of those people that you really feel like uh, are, you know, superheroes to you. Uh, many times you're let down. I know because, what you mean there. <laughs> But, you know, in, in the horror industry and in the science fiction field, you know, almost 100% of the time, the people that I've met that I thought were, you know, really great writers and I wanted to be more like and I, I you know, uh, loved, uh, met with them and worked with them, you know, many of them, and found that they were just super tremendous people. And uh, I'll never forget when uh, I, I 
when I did win the, the Bram Stoker Award in, in Brighton, England, uh, I'll never forget, uh, I was not expecting to win. I really, truly did not think I would win. And I, when they called my name, I was in such total shock. I had nothing prepared because, again, I really didn't think I was going to win. <laughs> and so I went to the stage, and and I am uh, I'm an extrovert. I'm a I'm uh, I'm I'm a person that's never at a loss for words. Anyone will tell you this. Uh, I, I'm the goofball at the party. I'm the loud mouth, you know, anywhere I go. And I got up to the the the, the podium, and I went blank. I didn't. I can't even tell you what I said. And uh, I was petrified because, and, and I've related this to uh, a friend, F. Paul Wilson, uh, later, who is one of those people that I tremendously admired and, you know, loved. But we were uh, at the bar later, and, and then that's the big surprise with me and him, but we were at the bar later and, and we were talking, and I, and I related this information to him. I said, and here I am, I'm, I'm looking over the audience. And, and there's Neil Gaiman, you know, there's Ramsey Campbell, uh, there's, uh, you know, they started naming people and F. Paul Wilson and, and, and all of these others. And uh, I said, I, I, it just overwhelmed me. And he said, and, and this is the kind of people we're talking about. F. Paul Wilson said, in a big smile, he said, and we were all cheering for you. And I thought, wow, that's pretty cool. I think one of the the greatest things about humanity and especially um, artists is that artists possess the ability to actually surprise themselves. Yes. They can actually uh, create something that they didn't think that they could do and they send it out in the world and hope the best for it. And uh, and that reaction that you get back really um, verifies for you that, that you were right to, to make the effort. So it's, you know, it's, it's a shared experience that we wish that more people could have, obviously. Um, coming up, uh, did you, before we talk about the mentoring program that, that you spearhead, um, did you have a mentor, uh, at some point in your life, uh, not necessarily for writing, but with with one of your goals, uh, was there a mentor that inspired you to move forward and help other people? When I uh, when I first started in in writing, uh, I I managed radio stations for a number of years, and so storytelling was always a part of my life, and uh, and I had this this deep love of writing uh, since I was in the fifth grade, and there's a there's a huge story there. Um, because I hated school, hated writing, and so forth. And my teacher uh, tricked me into uh, falling in love with with reading. <laughs> and, uh, uh, and 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 by the way, my first anthology was uh, uh, was dedicated to him. Uh, and it, it was uh, his name was Bill Marino, by the way, super guy, super teacher. But uh, the 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 whole thing about uh, starting from being in radio and then going into uh, to writing, especially I'd written a number of things in nonfiction and then moved over to what I always said was my first love, and that was fiction, especially in science fiction, fantasy, horror, and so forth. And uh, so I um, 
I live in uh, a rural town in West Virginia, in the South, uh, in uh, in the United States, and and so um, there's not much in the way of a lot of uh, writers and and so forth, and so I started looking around to see if I could find some workshops, some uh, classes that I could go to, some conventions, and uh, so forth, and. I found uh, the first one was uh, in Kansas at the University of Kansas, and it was James Gunn, who is a legend in the science fiction field. And uh, he he has a two-week uh, writer's uh, workshop that um, uh, there at the university. And for two weeks, uh, you... You write and you read one another's works because uh, there's you know several other students there as well, and I met so many great friends from there who later <laughs> ended up in my anthologies as well. There, are, I mean, several of them, and um, so Jim, uh, I would say, was probably my first mentor, the one that really uh, helped turn my writing into something um, more than what it really was and really pushed me. And uh, I, had, um, I had a few others. Um, one who told me that uh, when he, after reading my work, and he was very uh, flamboyant about it, but he said, you're, he said to me, he said, you're probably one of the most, um, um, how was it he said that? Um, Oh, I can't remember now. It just it escaped me. Anyway, he was talking about how I'm so emotional, how uh, and, and so forth. He said, if you ever, when you finally figure out how you can transpose that to your stories, once you find out how you can you can get that into your stories, you're going to be dangerous. And I didn't know what he meant at that time until later, once that I started figuring it out, and he was right. Um, but then again, there was another one I went to the uh, the Borderlands workshop, and that's where I got to meet uh, Tom Monteleone, uh, who became uh, probably to this day is who I really consider my uh, my mentor, my godfather. I always call him since he's Italian and I'm Italian, and um, <laughs> and then F. Paul Wilson was there as well, and he's he's uh, been a lot of help, but. Uh, I would say uh, Tom Monteleone is is the one guy who uh, there have been many times at conventions we would be uh, together and uh, just a couple of years ago and and he would come over and a bunch of us would be talking and and he would start telling me you know, you've done it right you've done this and you've done that and I tear up <laughs> yeah I can't help it you know when someone like that tells you you know that you're doing everything right and you're doing good and you're a great writer and, and so forth. So um, there's been a lot of critique and there's been a whole lot of inspiration. There's been a whole lot of, you know, go get them. And, uh, and so I'm, uh, I'm, I'm totally indebted to, to him. Well, if anybody wants to learn, you really ought to try to uh, take a look at the, the, that Borderlands workshop, which is a weekend kind of thing. But, uh, 
my gosh, I learned so much in those three days. Where does that run? Uh, what state is that in? That is, it's it's in Baltimore, and it is, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it's either, I think it's in January, every January uh, that it runs, and uh but it's uh, it's incredible. And some years, some some years they do novel, and some years they do short story. And they always have tremendous people who come. And uh, Ginger Buchanan, who was uh, you know the, the main editor for uh, Pocket, was it no? Uh, she she was with so many different ones, and and then Gary Brombeck has taught, and um, Douglas Clegg, and. Um, Peter Straub, I mean, they have just so many great people who are there, and they're they're reading your work and they're telling you what's wrong with it, you know, and what they like about it. And uh, <laughs> it's great. Yeah, balance. What's wrong with it, but what they like about it. But you know what? It's it's very important for you know either with mentorship or an editor for them to be able to be honest with you. And and I think something that we always stress for our listeners and uh, and people we meet at conventions is everyone does need an editor someone else's eyes no one writes the perfect story or the perfect novel on the first go if they do it's probably you know few and far between but um it, it's good to get out there and uh and accept some critique because it's going to better you so let's let's move to how you got involved with the hwa and how you got involved in the mentoring program um that we mentioned earlier in the show uh, I, I, I became involved with the HWA when I learned about the organization, and I think it, that was probably from Tom and, and a few others. And um, I was uh, I, I was never a, a mentoree, I guess you could say, in the the organization. Um, but I, I, I became involved with the, the organization and, and was, uh, at one point, I served as um, uh, part of the board and um, when someone uh, wasn't able to, to fulfill or whatever, and I, I, I came on board and was helping them. And I had to step down because of the... Uh, business that I, I'm, I'm involved in and just took too much time. And so, um, but as far as the, the mentorship program itself, um, my first, my first anthology was called Legends of the Mountain State. Mm-hmm. And this was, uh, I think it was in 2000, somewhere between three and seven. Yeah, and I'm old, old, so I can't. But not that long ago, really. Yeah, was, but it, it, I, I'll never forget. Um, I had this this guy who was a writer, and he uh, sent uh, something in, and I was reading through the slush, and it, uh, the story was not horrible, but it was not quite there. And he um, he followed the guidelines. He followed the uh, the theme, but the story just wasn't quite there. And so I I contacted him and told him that uh, I was going to pass on the story, mm-hmm. and that um, uh, that uh, you know to keep you know keep working, keep trying. Mm-hmm. And so um, 
probably within a month, uh, he sent another story. Um, and because the, the submission uh, uh, opening was, was pretty long. And so he sent another story. And I began reading it, and it the same thing. The, the, the story was not quite there, but he followed directions, he followed the guidelines and everything. And, uh, and I had to let him know that I, you know, that I was going to pass on that one as well. Well, uh, two years later, I was working on Legends of the Mountain State 3, and I received uh, a number of uh, submissions, and I was reading through them, and then I recognized his name on one of the submissions, and I began reading it, and I was blown away. It was so good, and it was nothing like uh, what he had sent before, and of course, he still stuck with the guidelines, and he stuck with you know the theme, and he he knocked it out of the ballpark, and I was so happy that he did because you know people think that editors are are mean and and so forth. We're really cheering for people. We want people to to do it, you know, and do well. And so I was so happy. I, I contacted him and I said, I said, I, I, I want to buy this. I want the story, and I'm so appreciative that you you know you 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 sent it. I said, but I've, I've got a question for you. And I said, I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but the first two stories I read from you in, in the first uh, uh, anthology, I said, were not up to par. I said, but this one is extremely good. There's a big difference in that. And I said, I don't want to, you know, make you uh, <laughs> offend you, but what happened? <laughs> and he said, well, he said, I'm not offended. He said, uh, to be honest with you, I uh, joined the HWA's mentorship program, and I had a really good mentor, and my writing has changed completely. And that that really stuck in my head after that, because I, as an editor, literally saw what that 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 program had done for this one person. And I was thinking to myself, wow, what is it doing for everyone? Mm-hmm. You know, it really must be doing something really good. This is just one person out of the whole program. And um, then you can fast forward a few years later and uh, Rocky, um, who was the, the, the president, and yep. uh, you know, he, he passed away. A uh, good friend, and uh, Rocky uh, was looking for, he made, he made an announcement that he was looking for uh, someone to head up the, the mentorship program because of um, Charles Day, who was the, the, the program chair at the time, uh, was moving on to do something else in the organization. And I have worked in, uh, I, again, I managed radio stations and, and so forth, so I, I kind of had this this knack for um, helping run things and, and getting other people involved and, uh, uh, and and you know organizing things, and so I threw my hat in the ring, told him that you know if he if he can't find someone else that would be willing to do it, you know, or, or that they feel would be good enough, uh, I would be honored to to do it, and so. Uh, then that happened, and, and then uh, I, I ended up getting uh, uh, Armand 
Um, and then uh, let's see, um, Jonathan Ryan. Let's see, in uh, Lee Stone and uh, Brian J. Hatcher. I, I can't believe that I just remembered their names because I, <laughs> I can't remember my wife's name <laughs> at the time. But uh, they became deputy chairs, and, and so what I did was uh, we all took uh, everything and we divided and conquered, and uh, they uh, they are the ones who really uh, helped you know, uh, make the program really what it is today, and, and as as well as Charles, uh, who was the the chair before me. So that's that's where I came from, uh, and you can you can tell that the the passion that I had for the program was because uh, as an editor, I I know it works. How long have you been uh, working in the mentorship program now? Probably going on two years. Uh, maybe not even quite two years, probably a year and a half, something like that. But as a as a volunteer, I think that that's actually a really long time. But it it seems like you've you've clearly seen the success of the program, and it's something that you want to to recreate for people that are up and coming that need the assistance. Yeah, it, it's it's a the, the the thing is the program whenever I, I, I when I got on board with it, uh, there was a, a long waiting list. And um, that's the one thing that I wanted to do was I wanted to I wanted to get rid of the, the waiting list. I wanted to get everyone paired up with a, a good mentor. And my goal was I wanted a waiting list of mentors <laughs> waiting for mentees to sign up. And uh, just recently, probably within the last three or four months, uh, we we actually we've gotten to see that, so that's where we are right now. And uh, I'm so proud of uh, of the work that uh, that uh, you know has has been done, and and how the program has evolved. And um, a couple of the things that uh, that we've we've done in, in the time that I've been there is uh, uh, I ask uh, uh, Lisa Morton, who is now the president. Uh, that I would like to to uh, do a uh, mentor of the year award, and um, uh, so that is now we're in our second second award this year. And um, um, Tim Wagner is going to be the uh, the recipient this year uh, for the award. And then also one of the the things that we're doing too is uh, the mentorship program. Each mentorship uh, pairing lasts one year. That's what's in the bylaws for uh, the organization. And uh, so I again went to Lisa and the board, and, and uh, I wanted to to see if we could uh, do something special. And uh, I found these uh, skulls with bat wings on them and uh, it looks like that uh, they, they they were really for motorcycle uh vests and so forth you know really really cool looking mm-hmm. and uh I, I wanted to get those and every mentoree who graduates gets their wings and uh during the bram stoker awards um the mentors will have an opportunity to pin on the wings 
to their mentoree, and if they're not there if it, or whatever, they will be mailed to each mentoree. And it's kind of a signa, uh, signifying that uh, you know you've 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 graduated, you, you you've earned your wings. Now fly, you know, fly and and uh, um, you know do do uh, you know great things. Yeah, kind of a from a military kind of aspect, you know, uh, I was in the military and, and, uh, anytime that you saw that it, it was, it, it's, it's something that you're proud of, that you've earned your wings, you've earned whatever. And it also signifies that, you know, now I'm, I'm, I'm I don't have to look at myself as a newbie. I don't have to look at myself as, you know, somebody that's just trying to get started. You know, I've, uh, this is to help me with, uh, this is my first step in, in, you know, getting into that professional league. It's definitely nice to have that, that sort of sense of completion and then something that, that symbolizes that you've gone through a program you've achieved and, uh, and there's some recognition. So I think that's a great idea that you started there. It's a great initiative. Now, now before we go, um, I was going through your anthologies and some of your own work, and it seems that you're drawn to a lot of um, local folklore. Uh, you've got the legends of the mountain state, Appalachian winter hauntings, weird tales from the mountains. Um, you've got some work that deals with the Mothman, which is one of my favorites. So what is it that you enjoy about the sort of regional ghost story? To be honest with you, the, the, I think the thing that I love so much about it is I grew up with it. Um, I had so many family members who would tell me stories and, uh, you know, you, you always hear these stories and neighbors and, and these, uh, older folks who would tell these stories and, uh, especially with the area that I'm in, I grew up with, uh, uh, a number of, Storytellers. The people are storytellers, but they're oral storytellers. They're not generally people who write stories. And it's so funny because um, I've I've often seen where so many people in this region that I live in uh, typically come from Ireland, come from uh, Germany, come from uh, you know a number of places like that. And it reminds me a whole lot of Neil Gaiman's American Gods, where um, the, the the whole uh, theme of the story is we came to America and we brought our gods with us. In this same sense, it seems to me that when we came to America, we brought our ghosts with us. We brought our legends with us, because many times the ghost stories that we hear of, that we grew up with here, in, in this area, actually were ghost stories that that came across the boat from Ireland or from wherever. And it's so interesting to me how these legends and these stories evolve uh, and they take such uh, a great place in our hearts and in our lives. And uh, we, it's something that we pass on down to our children, just like we pass our genes on or, or whatever. And it's, uh, that's something that I think is uh, missing uh, more and more these days 
than than what used to be, you know, 20, 30, 40 years ago. But um, I guess uh, it's it's a sentimental thing to me that I love uh, the, the 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 local legends and and uh, ghosts and and so forth. So I'm a, I'm a sentimentalist, I guess. <laughs> No, and there's nothing I like more than sentimentality attached to ghosts, monsters, creatures from the mountains, things that come out of the mist and the snow. I'm the same way. <laughs> Where I and, come... you know, the one thing that uh, a lot of people talk about, especially with ghosts in the local, uh, and it doesn't really have to be so much local, but uh, something that I heard uh, someone talk about one time, and I thought it's so true. A, a really good ghost story is a story where someone can't let go of the past and it doesn't necessarily mean that that's the entity that you see or you hear or whatever, but there's a main uh, character in there that uh, many times the story is um, paralleling what's going on with that main character and, and what has happened with the ghost and can't let go of the past or whatever. So, I totally agree. It's. Uh, I think that if anyone can haunt us, we do it best ourselves. Exactly. Exactly. Thank you so much for joining us today, Michael. Uh, it's been absolutely fantastic to talk to you. And thank you so much for what you're doing in terms of mentoring new writers, younger writers, putting work out there to help other people understand uh, some of the, the mechanics of the industry, some of the, uh, the inspirations, what they, what they should be working towards. It's, uh, it's really admirable and it really speaks to, to the spirit of the genre that we were talking about before. It's very much a community that supports each other. Um, and I think that you're most deserving of the silver hammer for all of those reasons. So thank you so much for coming on Great Lakes Horror Company today. Well, thank you so much. And, and let me just say, if, if you are a writer and you you really want to reach out to someone in the horror industry, I, I don't care who it is, you know, whatever names it is, you will be surprised at how open that they will be to talk to you and to help you and to point you in the right direction. Every one of us has been in your place before, and I think... That's one of the reasons why we really love helping. We really love, you know, doing what we can to to help others. But uh, don't be afraid to ask for help, and don't be afraid to, you know, ask questions to those who've been around for a little while because uh, they will do it. I, you know, you, you, almost always. But you know, don't don't ask someone to uh, read your novel or whatever without having a relationship or something like that. But if you have questions, you're, you're always going to find people, you know, who, who have been around and will will help you be more than happy to. Now, if you want to find Michael online, you can find him at michaelnost.com. That's michaelknost.com. You can sign up for a free mailer. Uh, free mailer. <laughs> Sorry. My tongue's getting away from me. Uh, where you can stay updated on future online writing classes and a lot of the work that Michael does. And if you want to hang out with the HWA Ontario chapter, 
You can find us in July at the Rumark Dark Carnival, July 9th and 10th in Hamilton, Ontario. Uh, you can find more info online at darkcarnivalexpo.com. We'll be doing giveaways, contests, signings, and selling great books. Uh, we'll be at Word on the Street at Harbourfront Centre in Toronto on September 27th. We've got Horrorama coming up in October. More details will be coming uh, soon. And you can find us on Twitter at GL Horror Podcast or on Facebook as the Great Lakes Horror Company. Uh, we've always got online contests and announcements and exciting news. So be sure to like, subscribe, uh, follow us, and check us out on iTunes. And until next time... Let's let our friend rest in peace while he can. <laughs>